the biggest challenge that we face. It's the biggest challenge that all fact-checking organizations, all journalists, um, students, researchers, civil society organizations trying to get to the truth face on the continent is that it, it is very hard and it's harder on the continent than it is um, elsewhere in Europe and in the US and elsewhere um, to quickly get to reliable information to check the claim again. My name is Peter Cunliffe-Jones. I'm the director of Africa Check, the continent's leading independent fact-checking organization. This is a special podcast about journalism innovation in Africa. I am Dickens Olewe. The fight against misinformation is accelerating around the world. In Africa, one organization has been doing it for much longer. I started the interview by asking Peter about when Africa Check was founded and its operations. Sure. Um, well, Africa Check was founded in 2012, um, launched at the end of October 2012, in, in fact. And um, we are the continent's leading independent fact-checking organization. So fundamentally what we're, we're looking to do is to reduce the, the circulation of misinformation, harmful, uh, socially harmful misinformation, and improve people's access to reliable sources of information. Now, your work has become more visible and urgent in the past couple of years, especially with all the talk about fighting fake news and misinformation. I'm curious about how your work has changed, if at all, compared to before 2016. I, I, think, I think the two big changes really are, first of all, that there is a much wider recognition of the scale of the problem. Um, that's coming from politicians, coming from civil society organizations, uh, and from the wider media, um, and, and, and beyond them, from, from the public. Um, the second thing is that there, there has been a lot more evidence um, of um, the growth of misinformation, um, socially harmful misinformation, on all sorts of platforms. So social media platforms are, are one, um, but we know that there are limits to the access that people have to those in certain parts of the continent. Um, so it, and it's, the problems aren't, aren't limited, limited there, but that's where you've, we've seen the greatest growth, I think. Now, one of the claims that your team in Kenya checked recently was a story about, um, it actually appeared in a, a British newspaper quoting UNICEF, uh, and I quote here, 65% of females in Kenyan slum traded sex for sanitary pads. Can you talk us through what the lesson here was for journalists? I think that the, I, I think that the first thing is, is that we always say, and, and I should say, I mean, I, I consider myself a journalist. I, I worked for the AFP news agency, international news agency, AFP, for 25 years. And so I come at this, uh, this issue from, the, from that sort of working perspective. The problem is that none of the data that um, was... Uh, put forward um, and reported by journalists um, from a seemingly reputable source um, could be proven um, on uh, with uh, with uh, evidence and data. And the first lesson for all journalists is that when somebody makes a claim, you ask them to provide the data, you ask them to provide the evidence for what they're talking about. In this sort of a case, there was there was no evidence that we could find. We we went looking. We asked the people who'd made the claim, um, in this case the UNICEF agency, 
Um, and we, that's why we, we said that the claim was unsupported. Now, there is this saying that a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting on its shoes. Or its other version, uh, falsehood flies and the truth comes limping after it. Now, the nature of your work is that it takes time to look at documents, check the facts, interview sources, and this could be hours or days. And by, the time, uh, by that time, actually, the damage has been done. Now, what do you think should change in the way you operate? And do you feel the same frustration? And how do you fix it? Well, I, I think the first thing, um, which is both good and bad in some ways, is that a lot of the claims that we tackle do come around again and again. And as you, as you sort of suggested, that, that saying um, is one that we hear again and again and again you know, <laughs> itself. Um, there are, uh, in political campaigns, one of the... One of the things that any any journalist um, who ever follows political campaigns will know is that the politicians tend to stick to the, the same 10, 15, 20 talking points over the course of a campaign and keep on repeating them. Um, so you might not get it um, very fast the first time that the claim is made, but the second, third, fourth, fifth time, it is a lot easier. The second thing really the second way that we're looking at it is that um, Africa Check is part of a much larger family of fact-checking organizations now around the world. Um, it's part of the International Fact-Checking Network, um, which is the umbrella body for that organization, for, for, for those organizations. And we are working um, with partners to try to automate the ways that we work as much as possible. So that's about making it much easier, much faster for ourselves and for other journalists um, to trace the reliable information that you can fact check a claim against. Because that's the biggest challenge that we face. It's the biggest challenge that all fact checking organizations, all journalists, um, students, researchers, civil society organizations trying to get to the truth face on the continent is that it, it is very hard and it's harder on the continent than it is um, elsewhere in Europe, in, in the US and elsewhere, um, to quickly get to reliable information to check a claim against. Um, the body of work that we're putting together does help that, but it is a slow process, but automation of some processes will help too. Now, you've talked about partnerships. One of the uh, most recent partnerships uh, Africa Check uh, has got into uh, is with Facebook. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Certainly. Um, so... Facebook clearly is um, a, an incredibly important platform um, for millions, hundreds of millions um, of, uh, of people across the, across the continent. Um, there is a lot of um, sound information that is presented, um, but there is also a lot of misinformation and misinformation that can cause harm. Um, so uh, starting in... Uh, in October, um, we have a, we've agreed to work with um, with Facebook in the four countries that we operate in: um, in uh, Kenya, Nigeria, Senegal, and South Africa. Um, we have our researchers have access to the the, the back end of Facebook and a channel that Facebook has created of what they think may be misinformation. Um, that's based on signals that are sent in by Facebook users, that the Facebook users think that what they're seeing in their feed 
um, uh, could be misinformation. Where we, are, where we look at that and we see that the information could be socially harmful, that it's targeting a particular ethnic community, it's misinformation that's about a, a health issue, spreading a health scare, um, or, or, or a fake news of a, of a fake um, medical cure, for example, we can signal it as being that once we've checked, once we've verified. When that happens, the circulation of that misinformation is um, reduced. Now, I've just read a really good piece about the softwares for creating deep fakes uh, and how they're becoming accessible. Are you ready for this crazy world of fake but incredibly convincing videos and audios? It is a major problem, uh, I think, or it isn't as yet a major problem. I think it is potentially um, a significant problem. It's becoming, uh, uh, has the potential to become a, a major problem. I also think we, we shouldn't overestimate the extent to which it will be used in practice. Um, one of the reasons for that is that in order for the technology to work, um, and essentially what this is, is um, the technology exists to enable um, video operators to um, imitate, uh, present people as saying things that they're not, didn't in fact do, um, or um, didn't in fact say, or to, do, to present them as, as doing things that they didn't in fact do. And it's what has been known in the world of photos for a very long time is now coming to the world of video. But it is much harder to do than with photos, for that reason, we expect it to be done less. Um, and the sorts of people that you can do this um, about tend to be, uh, you can't, uh, tend, to be, uh, tend to be people who will already be in the public eye of whom there is a lot of background video footage that you can use. So TV presenters, politicians, and so on. So it won't be, um, fake videos of everybody. It won't be fake videos of everything. There's a limited range in which, in practical terms, it can be done. Are we ready? Honest answer is not really. Um, Fact-checking organizations are still too small. Um, we, are, uh, we need much, uh, much more in terms of resources and reach um, to, ta to tackle the problems that there are already. Um, but we have grown considerably in the last um, few years. And I, I hope that we will do more. There are people who will be listening to this conversation who are not journalists. What are the key skills that they should have to be able to design uh, you know, news as, as consumers? The thing that is most important for everybody, whether they're a journalist or a, uh, an ordinary member of the public or a business person or in whatever aspect of, uh, in, in whatever aspect of life you, you whatever, whatever type of life you, you lead, when you're presented with a claim, where's the evidence for that? If a claim is put forward and there's no evidence, if a claim is put forward and the evidence isn't um, verifiable, somebody makes a, makes a statement the evidence that says that you you know you you can't check whether the evidence is true then you have to treat it with some skepticism and i think that's as true for children being told lies on the playground um, as it is for journalists listening at a to a politician's press statement then if evidence is put forward you have to ask questions about it to know if the evidence is sound could the person who is putting the the evidence forward could they could they actually know what they claim to know were they there did they witness the thing themselves were they in a position 
to have the knowledge that they're claiming to have. Is the data um, that is being presented old? Very often what we find is that um, information that is, um, there is some evidence that relates to a claim, but it relates to the wrong period or the data is, is out of date. Was the, the sample large enough? If somebody says that um, uh, people, uh, everybody, everybody believes in um, that the, you know, the government is doing a, uh, a great job on such and such a, a policy, um, what sample are, of the public are they taking that, um, that claim from? So there are quite a lot of questions that you can ask about whether the, whether the claim, whether the claim that uh, has been put forward is backed up by evidence and whether the evidence is, is sound. None of these things are things that you need great technical skills for. It's essentially, uh, do you have that skeptical reflex when somebody makes a claim of any sort? Peter, my last question uh, to you is, I've been asking the people I've been interviewing uh, in this series to give a prediction about media trends in Africa, but I want you to confine yourself to the fight against misinformation. What do you think will happen next year in Africa? What's the big thing uh, that you think that people will be paying attention to next year? I think the, so the big trend that we see is a, a growth in concern around misinformation and Next year, you have elections taking place in Nigeria, in Senegal, in South Africa, and elsewhere around the continent. I think that the level of concern that you've seen around this issue in the United States as a result of the 2016 election there will, uh, will, uh, will, tran will transfer to, to Africa, and you'll see the conversations around this um, surging. That was Peter Canliffe-Jones, the director of Africa Check, the continent's leading independent fact-checking organization. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, please reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Dickens Olewe.